Hello, I'm Curtis Powers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again. A few things I'd like to cover before we get into the topic for today. Number one is, as the world has so many different things going on, it's very easy to forget things that were very important, like the trucker convoy in Canada. Just a month ago, that was the big story, and everyone was into it and paying attention. Well, those truckers are still being punished. The government there is still evil and corrupt to the core. I just got an email this week from Give, Send, Go, and they're returning the money I had donated back to me and everybody else. They said the the Canadian government has criminalized giving any money to the truckers, which is how can they do that except they're totalitarian. Uh, You can't decide who gets money, who doesn't still have bank accounts that are seized, trucks that have been sold, and on and on. But we need to remember them in our prayers and not forget these important events, even though the media wants to keep throwing things at us so much that we just go from thing to thing to thing and nothing ever comes about from us being provoked, us being stirred up about an event to kind of finish it through. So anyway, remember the Canadian truckers in your prayers, and we need to keep looking for ways that we can help them and what they're going through. Also wanted to let you know the great Christian reset that we've talked about over the last couple of months, that's still coming. We've just, there's been so much going on in the news. I haven't had a chance to get all that together, all your ideas and the different ideas of how are we going to set an agenda for 2030? What is it going to be? What are the primary things we're going to be working toward accomplishing uh, by that time, just like the World Economic Forum is? And the last thing I'd like to cover before the topic for today is something very important and very personal. We have some good family friends in Idaho. And last Friday, they had a nightmare happen. And what it was is this, and there's some other tie-ins to this I'll talk about in a second that this that makes this very relevant to you and everyone whether it's happening to you or not but they had had a baby that was sick and the mama took it to the hospital and they were there for several days and finally it was doing better and so they came home they had a follow-up appointment scheduled for last week and the mama wasn't feeling good so she missed the appointment and just called to reschedule well that wasn't good enough for the doctor. The doctor called Health and Human Services and said, the baby has to be at the appointment. You have to bring it right now or we're coming after you. And they're like, what are you talking about? And anyway, to make a long story short, last Friday night, they were at a gas station. Police cars surround them. This is a young married couple with a 10-month-old nursing baby. They're great parents. It's a great family. And Here's a little clip. She started videoing what was going on as the police are telling her, you have to give us the baby. We'll get it back to you next week sometime. Just go on your merry way. Literally saying, go on your merry way. And she's like, what are you talking about? Watch this clip for a second. This is a call to action for the state of Idaho. Baby Cyrus was kidnapped last night by the state of Idaho with help of Boise, Meridian, and Garden City Police after Dr. Aaron Dykstra a functional medicine of Idaho called CPS on parents Marissa and Levi Anderson after Marissa called the doctor's office on March 11th after not feeling well to cancel a weigh-in for baby Cyrus. 
Cyrus received a clean bill of health from St. Luke's Hospital after previously being sick and was still re receiving checkups. Shortly thereafter, two police officers came to their address asking for baby Cyrus, but Marissa, Levi, and Cyrus were not there, so they put out a be on the lookout order for Levi's truck and were encountered at a gas station late last night in Garden City, Idaho. I'm not gonna leave him. I'm not. I'm not. This is this is how it's gonna go, okay? No, do you do you understand? He, just, he's my baby. I'm listen, not gonna leave listen, him. Marissa, I'm trying to explain this to you, okay? So there'll be a shelter care hearing on Tuesday at one o'clock. Okay? And you're gonna want to attend that. Yeah. Okay? And that's what that's what your part of this is. Why can't I be with him while you're doing the medical work? How am I in danger to him if I'm just watching and I'm with him? Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and go with just what I just told you, okay? So you're going to so you're going to take is, no. This listen, no, I this can't. is what what we're going to do, okay? So this is this is your copy. You're going to want this. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not okay. going to leave him. Well, this is how it's going to be, okay? I can't, I can't leave him. Leave him, I'm sorry. Let me get a uniform. So yep. Yeah. I'm just desperate not to throw one in here. Okay. And, and I really don't want to have to forcibly remove him from you. But if that's the case, I will do that and you will go to jail. So you have one option at this point. You need to give him to the EMT and you can go on your merry way with your friends and your family who's out there. That's not merry at all. Or I remove him from you and you go to jail. You need to make that decision. You need to make it now, please. I won't let him go. Okay. Go ahead and jump all the way for me. They arrested the mother, the sweet little four foot 11, 85 pound mother. Um, because she wanted to stay with her baby, they arrested her with felony child endangerment, put her in prison. Then a couple days ago, they finally had a hearing before a judge, and the judge said the baby is now property of the state of Idaho <laughs> and has been put into foster care. It's a 10-month-old baby that was nursing and hasn't been able to have other types of substitutes. The mother said, oh, I tried some goat's milk and different things, and he throws it up every time. He's got some kind of protein intolerance, but he does fine with the breast milk, but he's not getting the breast milk. And the state has now taken him and put him in some family. So I, I tell you that for a couple of reasons. One, we have the links below where you can go help fund what they're doing, the lawyers they're getting to sue everyone involved in this. It is unbelievable. You can pray about this. Baby Cyrus is the name of the baby. And all the details are in the link below. They have a website where they're updating it constantly of, of the details. Um, and you can spread that video everywhere to get more people praying, more people funding, more people calling and doing things to make a difference. But again, this is a family I've known for 20 years. They're great parents. They're the model family. And they're not being accused of any child abuse or anything. It's you missed a doctor's appointment. Well, this is why this is so relevant to you today. COVID changed everything in our country, everything over the last two years. This would not have happened two years ago. But because of the measures that we allowed them to do, locking down our businesses, you have to close your business. You have to have on a mask. You have to be six feet apart. 
You have to be vaccinated. You have to stay in your home. All the nonsense we allowed them to do that they had no authority to do gave them the illusion they do have this kind of power. And that's why they're acting totalitarian now in so many different ways. The Constitution is dead. Government is now the boss, if you haven't figured it out, just like in Canada. And it's getting crazy. But that's what's happened. This is all from COVID. They just said, we are in charge. You do what we tell you to do, period. And most people say, okay. We can't say okay. We have to specifically stand against whatever they ask us to do and purposely not do it um, because of this. And we need to get new people in power. And, and But we need to support things like this because I think they have a very good case because the state of Idaho has parental rights where they should be up here. I think they're going to have a battle to get that baby back, but pray that he'll be back soon. This is, I mean, can you imagine the suffering they're going through, their little baby? And of course, the grandparents are our friends and our age. Um, but it's, it's traumatic, of course. But then we're praying that they will be able to sue the police officers individually for millions of dollars and win, the social worker for millions of dollars, the doctor for millions of dollars, the judge for millions of dollars, the state of Idaho for millions of dollars and win every single one of those cases. So then the authorities are in fear of, we better not act like that again. That can cost you a lot. And so anyway, that's why I bring it up. It's personal, but it's so relevant to what's going on and the things you're going to face and that I'm going to face because of COVID, because the totalitarian claws have come out and that's where we are today. Today, we're going to talk about key strategies of the globalist, the bankers, the Marxist, the Democrats, three key things going on and how they all tie together. Inflation, what's going on in the Ukraine, and then the new digital dollar, which could be coming as early as this year. But they all fit together. They're all part of the Great Reset for 2030. And um, they are all working together, even though they seem like unlikely partners in pushing us toward the same end. And so we're going to talk about that. But thank you so much again for joining me. Okay, and starting off with inflation, the first point. Inflation last year, we know if we were to use the CPI numbers from the 1980s, would have been over 15%. That was just last year. They say this year it's going to be over 20%, and it could be higher than that. But that's just in two years, that is 35% devaluation of your money. 35%. So, I mean, in 24 months, all Americans lost one-third of all their wealth. Think about that. The people that have been saving up for the last 50, 60 years, one-third of it gone in 24 months. Inflation, of course, a lot of people don't understand inflation. The, the price of goods and services do not go up ever. A, a, a gold coin, a one-ounce gold coin, 2,000 years ago, would buy 300 loaves of bread. And today, a one-ounce gold coin will buy 300 loaves of bread. So a lot of people don't think like that because they've been taught inflation's normal. It's not normal. There was no inflation before the Federal Reserve in America. In fact, the prices in 1776 
1913, the year the Federal Reserve was created, over that 140 years, prices fell 6%. So they fell a little bit over 140 years. And now, of course, since 1913, we've had about 12,000% inflation, 12,000%. John Maynard Keynes, who is the father of Keynesian economics, which is our economic system, he said a couple things. One, he said, inflation is a way governments can steal the wealth of its citizens away from them without them realizing what's going on. He also said this debt-based economy system will collapse in the end. So he was open about, yeah, it's going to collapse, but who cares? He had no children, so he didn't care. And but, but that's two key things to realize. One is inflation is a purposeful act by a government to steal the wealth of citizens, to make them poor. You say, why would they want them to be poor? Because poor people are very easy to control. And if you can get enough of them to be poor enough where they're dependent on the government, then you have a monopoly forever in government because you know you'll always be reelected because they need their check. Some things that go along with that, though, is if you study economics, it looked like for sure in the spring of 2020, Harry Dent and other economists that do things based on demographics, on cycles and, and things like that, they said the spring of 2020, we should have had a major collapse where the stock market would have lost at least 50% of its value. It was long overdue ever since 2008. It had never, that bubble had never completely popped and it was time for that to happen. But that's, of course, when the COVID lockdown started. And I think it was strategic and purposeful, not only to get Trump out of office, but it was strategic in then allowing the Federal Reserve to pump trillions of more dollars into our system because of the crisis to prop things up. I mean, when you pump, you know, $11 trillion a year into a system, the economy is going to be booming. $11 trillion more dollars of stock is being purchased and, and on and on it goes. You're going to have a booming economy even though you shouldn't. All the businesses are closed. The people aren't able to earn money. But all of a sudden, $11 trillion is coming to the system. It's going to be booming. But they were doing that. The reason they were doing that, as I've read their papers and their information, is they weren't quite ready to allow the dollar to completely collapse because they weren't ready for the digital currency. They're going to let the dollar completely collapse right before they're ready to go, okay, we have a new currency, dollar's done, paper dollars are over, now it's a digital currency. And of course, last week, Biden did some ex executive orders and said, okay, we need to speed this up. The Federal Reserve needs a digital currency soon. And so soon might be this year, next year, the year after, but it's they're working toward it. So they're still wanting to prop things up. I mean... This week, the Democrats and Republicans and everything, they passed another big bill of just all this spending. And they know they need to or it's going to collapse. So they're just going to keep spending, which is going to make inflation keep going like this. And but but that's why they're trying to hold on long enough till they're ready for digital currency. The most important aspect of that is Inflation is the way they've been impoverishing us for 100 years. But now if they can go to a digital currency, they won't have to use inflation anymore. They'll literally be able to take it 
um, if you disagree with them, if you're not going along to get along, just like we saw in Canada. Oh, you all are protesting the government peacefully? Well, we're closing your bank accounts. They'll be able to do that. that that's what this is all about. And they write about it. It's not conspiracy or whatever. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they're talking about the ESG scores and the social credit system that they're already implementing. They're starting to keep scores on us right now. If you go to those big banks, if that's where you have your money, they're keeping track of where you spend it and how you, how conscious you are of environment and social issues and everything else. So they're, they're keeping track of that. But they say when they do the great reset into a digital currency, the number one thing it's going to be about is equity, <laughs> making things fair. So they're, they're, they're discussing things like if you're white, all your dollars you had before in the old system will only be worth 75 cents each instead of a dollar. And if you're a minority or someone that's disadvantaged, your dollars will be worth a dollar twenty-five each. They're talking about this. This isn't some something I'm creating out of thin air. But but this is all setting that situation up. So that's an inflation overview of what's going on. Then we come to Ukraine. So much going on there. Um, it's not as simple as it seems to be. Oh, evil communist attacking this free country, it's obvious what's going on. It's not that simple. And also, we should always be very careful and realize something's going on when we see people joining together that normally don't join together. Like I've told you before, when CNN is saying the same things as all the establishment Republicans and Democrats, and they're all speaking the same party line, you're like, something's going on. Why is everyone in agreement on this when they're never in agreement on anything? Why are people that are communistic in America so against Putin now? Oh, we got to stop the communists. Why is that? So there's things that don't make sense. You realize, okay, something's going on. But before I get into some of the details of, of what is underneath the surface, remember, Biden could have said one sentence six months ago, three months ago, and none of this would have happened. We can't forget that. It's easy now just to focus on what's going on and forget the past. We can't. If he would have said the Ukraine will never be part of NATO, period, none of this would have happened. In 2014, we need to remember our State Department in America, like they've done 50 times over the last 100 years, did a coup in the Ukraine and it was to have a base for their corruption. Here's just a clip from the movie Revealing Ukraine that you can watch and Ukraine on Fire. Ukraine on Fire was made in 2017, so it's way before this conflict. And then Revealing Ukraine was made in 2019. So these are not speaking like today, but they really are in so many ways. Watch a couple of these clips quickly so you'll see this has long been in the making, where even the people in Ukraine said, no, I think the West, America, your State Department wants us to be in a hot war with Russia. This is several years ago, them saying this. And so you see what's really happened there. It's just the Ukraine is a playground of the leftists, the Democrats. That's where they do all their money laundering. There's so much corruption. I'm just going to show a couple quick clips. But if you want more information, 
that's not biased by what's going on right now. That's from a couple of years ago. Watch those documentaries and they just reveal a lot of facts about that area that I didn't know and that are very interesting and telling of what's going on today. I feel sorry for Ukraine because I don't quite understand all the forces that brought this division, this polarization of the country. From the American point of view, it's simply a button, a leverage point to use to excite the Russians and go after the Russians. So I, I, I would be very worried if I was anybody in the world, a citizen, that the United States is going to use this Ukraine thing at any moment to push the, towards a hot war, to push the, towards a hot war. The biggest mistake people make when talking about the Trump-Russia collusion, sort of MSNBC-Russiagate narrative. The Kremlin offered dirt to the Trump campaign. The president's campaign said yes to that offer. That's no longer an open question. All that stuff has now been proven. They think that it started election night 2016. In fact, it's part of a much longer series of events. When Barack Obama was elected. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. Hillary Clinton comes in as Secretary of State. I just wanted to have a chance to publicly say thank you. I think Hillary will go down as one of the finest Secretary of States we've had. And at that point, she sets up a private email system. I think now it's pretty clear that part of what was going on is they were setting up the underpinnings that would set up the Madonna. She introduced a program called Civil Society 2.0. And what we've done with Secretary Clinton's Civil Society 2.0 program is we've taken one of America's undeniable strengths, the strength of our technology and of our innovators, and we've put them to work in service of our diplomatic goals. This is a way for the U.S. government to work directly with NGOs like International Renaissance, funded by George Soros. And while working with those NGOs, fund money to them, but also training. And the kind of training that would be used when the Madan would start. The direct involvement of this, we don't know anything about because Hillary Clinton's emails were all hidden from us. However, there were brave people who decided to invest in Ukrainian oil. The attention of world media is attracted by one company, Burisma Holdings. There are very, very interesting people on the board of directors of Burisma. For example, Hunter Biden is the son of the vice president of the United States. Of course, this state of affairs is welcome, but one detail interferes. The son of the U.S. Vice President received his post almost immediately after the official visit of his father to Ukraine, in the light of obvious interest of Biden Sr. in everything that is happening in Ukraine. Ex-Vice President Joe Biden, his son Hunter Biden, has a deal in Ukraine. Explain that. Yes. His son was and remains on the board of directors of one of the companies that is engaged in oil and gas production in Ukraine. So this also explains the economic interests of the Biden family. Perhaps this was precisely what allowed Mr. Biden, when he was as curator, when he was in power, curator from the side of Washington in Ukraine, he actually behaved like a person representing not only the country that introduced external management, but it was a representative or leader of the metropolis in relation to the colony, where the colony was, unfortunately, my country. And his speech in the parliament, I remember it very well. Thank you very much. It was not just instructive. 
It was a speech in which he said what to do and how to do it. And when stating his position, he didn't base it on argument or explanation, but on the fact that this decision was made somewhere overseas. The office of the general prosecutor desperately needs reform. The judiciary should be overhauled. The energy sector needs to be competitive, ruled by market principles, not sweetheart deals. And you, the so-called legislature, before whom he speaks, should implement this policy. Ukraine needs a budget that's consistent with your IMF commitments. Anything else will jeopardize Ukraine's hard-won progress and drive down the support for Ukraine from the international community, which is always tenuous. Of course, the Biden family is totally entrenched in the Ukraine, making millions of dollars off of them. And the, and the documentaries talk about that. Hillary making millions of dollars off Ukraine uh, and so many other of our elected officials. So th there's it's so much deeper there than what it appears to be. But just remember when Cuba was going to have missiles from the Soviet Union put there on the island of Cuba, which was its own independent country, what did we say? No, you're not doing that. And if you do that, we will strike and we will attack. Well, Putin said the same thing. You put missiles in the Ukraine, I'm going to attack. And again, it doesn't justify and it's terrible what's happening to the people there. The people are the ones always to suffer. All of our sanctions right now that are going on against Russia, who are they hurting? The Russian people. I love the Russian people. I've gotten to know so many of them over the years because of the films I made, and they so appreciated me warning people about the evils of communism. But that's who it's devastating right now. The currency is just crashing to zero. Does that hurt Putin? No, it doesn't hurt Putin. He's got billions and billions of dollars. And as this crisis accelerates, the price of oil keeps going up. Well, that's where he makes all of his revenue. So he's going to be making more because of this war, which will give him more funds to fund the war. Meanwhile, the hundreds of millions of Russian people are going to be suffering because their currency is not worth anything. All of our companies closed down, which hurts them. They're the ones that work there. They're the ones that buy the things that we're selling and they're selling. And so we have to think before we do things. Most of the time, we do not. When we put sanctions on Iraq. When we put those sanctions on, they say at least 500,000 Iraqi children starved to death. And when Madeleine Albright was presented that, saying, do you know 500,000 Iraqi children have died? She goes, well, freedom isn't free. And I think it's been overall good for the country of Iraq. 500,000 children starving to death? Are you kidding? We have to think before we just react and do things. Sanctions usually don't work, especially when they're done this way against the people of the country instead of the government. But what happened in Iraq? And seven years later, you know, Saddam keeps doing things and things keep accelerating. Then we come in, start another war, and kill another million Iraqi citizens from all our bombings and attack. And today they're so much worse off. 
than they ever were under Saddam Hussein. That's a fact. I know a lot of people that live there and have had to flee Christian missionaries that aren't allowed to be there anymore. Under Saddam, they were not bothered and threatened, but now they, it's no longer safe to be there. There was a Christian community in Iraq that has been there for hundreds of years. Almost all of them have, have had to evacuate the country since we liberated it. We got to think about what we're doing and not jump into things just because it sounds good. Um, most of the time we have terrible strategy purposefully because the point is not to free the people. It's to support the military industrial complex or to move the pawns around on, on the chessboard or whatever. And it's very sad that it's come to that. And then on to the digital dollar by the Federal Reserve. This will allow cancel culture to be able to completely cancel you. <laughs> the cancel will be complete if they get the digital dollar or they're in control of the currency. Then just like the truckers in Canada or like what we're doing to Russia, you can just take the money, eliminate it. And so then you, there, there's no one can oppose you because you'll defund them immediately and permanently. And... The, the SWIFT banking system worldwide, you know, is doing sanctions. But, but think about that. That is not governments doing that to them. That's the bankers of the world, the elites doing that to them. And, um, and we're next. <laughs> Once they get a digital dollar and you go protest uh, against something the government's doing that you don't like, they can erase. Oh, no, you didn't have any money in your account. Sorry. Um, your credit card's not good here. Sorry. Uh, that's why this is sober. We need to think about it now. We can't wait till at that stage where, where just citizens are being canceled out, canceled out, defunded, stolen, all their wealth stolen from them overnight. We, we've got to right now wake up. Oh, wait a minute. What they're doing, this isn't good. I think what's going on in Russia right now is a real, it's a model. It's a testing ground of this by the elites. Okay, we're going to make their currency worthless overnight and, and, and show how in control we are. And it does show that. If you can collapse a country's currency overnight, you're in charge of that country. You are the dictator of that country, period. <laughs> because then everyone is in poverty and everyone suffers instantly. One of the things that I think they're planning to have happen because of this is it's going to collapse the dollar at the right time when they're ready because when all the countries of the world realize we don't want the dollar because the SWIFT banking system, which is controlled by America, they will just take our money and then we don't have any money left. We're not going to do that anymore, which is going to cause China and North Korea and Cuba and Russia and all of them probably to get their own currency system going and the whole Middle East. They all hate us. But they have to use dollars because that's the global reserve currency. The day it is no longer the global reserve currency is the day our, the inflation, our dollar will drop in value to being worthless. No one will want it. And there'll be trillions of dollars on the market. And when nobody wants something, the price of it drops like any commodity. And boy, you talk about overnight <laughs> inflation and losing its value. You'll have hyperinflation. Your money will be worthless. But I think they'll have that happen. They're setting it up to happen now. 
but they'll allow it to happen at the right moment when, okay, the dollar's done anyway. Here's our new digital currency, and it's on a new basis and, and this new foundational thing. But that's another thing that's happening because we're using the dollar like a weapon instead of just an economic medium to, to buy and sell with. We're using it as a weapon. No, you have dollars. We're, we're taking them away. We're doing this. It's going to cause no one to want the dollar. And again, like I said, that could have huge repercussions for us as well. As you look at this, you see many just simple solutions that aren't giving more weapons to the Ukrainian people so the, the fight's going to go on longer, so more of them are going to die. It's, it's not any of that. If Biden was to say, we are opening up all our oil reserves, we are starting all the, the pumps pumping again, we're going to become energy independent, we will sell Europe all the oil and natural gas and coal that they need, that would cause Putin to lose control there where he all of a sudden, whoa, I don't have a market for my products. And it would make all the European countries not so dependent on him where they can't turn against him because they're going to have their spigot cut off and they're going to really suffer because of that. Here is why that's not happening and not going to happen because oil is the enemy of the globalist, okay? They're never going to increase production again. Because by 2030, which is seven and a half years from now, they want no more produced ever. It will be just electric vehicles and there'll be no gas stations. There'll be none of that going on anymore. And so they're not going to crank up production now. So it's going to make all the countries like the Middle East, our enemies, Russia, our enemy, <laughs> In every other country, it's going to make them more and more powerful when they are the only ones selling energy and everybody needs energy and we don't have any of our own. We're going to be more and more dependent and more and more crippled by that. I also need to point out, it also exposes, once again, the lie that they're cutting oil production to save the environment. It has nothing to do with the environment. It's only about control. So instead of us producing our own gas cleanly like we do, we're going to buy from these countries that could care less about the environment. They're pumping pollution into the oceans, into the air, into the ground. They could care less. So you see by their actions all the time, it's a total lie, a complete lie, everything they're pushing forward. It also, by causing energy the price of it to keep going higher and higher and higher. Um, it causes everyone to have a hard time paying the bills, a hard time making ends meet, a hard time being productive. And they would love for all the things, the, the, the stock market to collapse, the dollar to collapse, energy to skyrocket, and the digital dollar to be ready all at the same time. That That's their goal in this because if they could transition to that digital dollar right in the midst of the collapse, where then everyone will be welcoming it, and they will then be able to, instead of sending us COVID checks, they'll be able to digitally transfer to our banks and make us have to be part of this system, a free you know, income monthly for all citizens. Um, 
it, it'll make us completely dependent on them. And that's what their goal is. And so it hooks everybody in. It gives them the ultimate power and control. And it eliminates their enemies because anyone that says, we don't agree with you, we're against you, we're going to protest you, they'll simply say, you don't get the check this month. And it's a way, it's a way to have another lockdown, give people the money to survive, and eventually, you know, be in total control of the people. Every event, whether it was planned or just happened by accident, they use. Inflation has been a key weapon of theirs for over 100 years. Turmoil in the world has been a key agenda of theirs for over 100 years. Um, and getting total control has been a key agenda item since the beginning. And so inflation, Ukraine, the digital dollar from the Federal Reserve, all of these working together, it can speed up the process of, of them reaching their goals of having the Great Reset by 2030. They are, again, I will tell you this a hundred times between now and then, they are working in earnest to be completely done with all their predictions by 2030, seven and a half years away. And so you have to see, when you realize that's the globalists, that's the elites, that's the people that are the richest people in the world that control media, control education, control the state departments of all the powerful nations and things. When you, when you realize that, you realize, oh, okay, so if I know here's their list of goals, I have to look at all world events in light of what they've told me they want to do and see how they plug in. Oh, this accomplishes this. Oh, this accomplishes this. And so, and when you do that, that's why you need to understand the enemy. Then you can easily see, okay, this is not what we're being told. Yeah, it sounds noble and right and true and whatever it is. And it sounds like a wonderful cause. It always sounds like a wonderful cause. Because they're masters of deceit. They know how to package things to make it appeal to our love of justice and freedom and what's right. And, but it's all a perversion of that. And that's what they're trying to do. But we need to, you know, be prepared in, in these uncertain times. I hope you watched the video last week that we had below. It was a great video by Seth Holhouse, a man in America, on just different ways to be prepared for whatever might come in the future. Um, we watched that as a family and, and learned a lot of things and were able to prepare in different ways. We need to keep praying. Pray for the people in Ukraine. Pray for the people in Russia that are suffering, that haven't done anything. The, the, the citizens in Russia that are there and now they've been punished for something their dictator has done. And um, and then pray that we'll have wisdom and understanding. Pray for baby Cyrus, <laughs> that he will be able to uh, be gotten, given back to his parents soon. It just, it's crazy what's going on, but it's, it's, it's clear to see in every walk of life, everything going on, those in power have somehow <laughs> been led to believe because of COVID, there's no more limits to their power. They just do whatever they think is right, and we have to go along, and we need to say no to that. It's crazy. We cannot go along with that anymore. And our verse for this week is Revelations chapter 3 and verse 5. It says this, He that overcometh 
the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. That's something encouraging to remember, that we got to keep fighting for freedom, fighting for what's right, being a light, being the salt, because he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. That's encouraging hope that we have that uh, it'll all work out in the end. We just need to be faithful right now. But I appreciate you all very much. And until next week, God bless you.